Good morning. It takes a little while to get situated up here. For those who were present for our online worship service last Sunday, you may recall our focus was on lament and the importance of lament in the midst of suffering. Our world has experienced devastating loss on many different levels from the COVID-19 pandemic. The very public murders of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor, among so many others now, have exposed the magnitude of racial injustice that continues to exist and oppress people of color in the United States today. The depth of the political vision in the United, the political division in the United States seems to increase by the day. And for our own congregation here at the Placentia Presbyterian Church, the announcement of the early retirement of our pastor, Tobin, has been very difficult for so many of us. We were reminded last week that to lament is biblical and it is an act of love for ourselves as individuals as well as for our church community. And we ended the service with the words of the risen Christ to his disoriented disciples, remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This morning, we will continue with the second and final part of this very short sermon series. And before we get to the scripture, I'd like to share a brief story. There is a potted plant that has been in PPC's front office for years and years. I've never been one to know a whole lot about houseplants. However, spending so much time at home this past year during the pandemic has led me to a new interest in plants. And right now, our house is filled with plants and that number keeps growing. And with this new interest in plants a few months ago, I noticed the plant that was sitting up in the office, and I, I believe it's a pothos. Again, I don't know a ton about them. I just like them. And this, it was in an old cracked pot, and its branches were really long and really thin and kind of yellowing. It was very unhealthy. In fact, it was the kind of plant that ordinarily I would probably just throw away. But my new passion prompted me to take this plant home and to give it a little TLC. With a new larger pot and a bag of fresh potting soil, I carefully lifted the plant out of its crumbling old pot. What had been filling that old pot was a solid mass of almost entirely roots. In fact, there was hardly any soil left. There was no way for this plant to grow and flourish while it was made up of entirely roots. So I poured new soil into a larger pot. I carefully set this mass of roots into the pot and I covered the rest of the roots with soil. And then I trimmed some of the yellow branches that were unhealthy while keeping the ones that had a chance at survival. And finally, I went and I clipped branches from some of my own personal pothos plants that I had in the house, and I rooted them into this same plant. And now, months later, what once was a plant unable to grow or flourish because it was comprised almost entirely of roots in a small crumbling pot 
is now settled into its new pot with new soil and new branches are starting to become incorporated with the old. And yes, its roots are still there, the same roots, giving it life and a strong foundation. As more and more people become vaccinated, and as we begin to slowly and carefully emerge out of the disruption and disorientation of life in a pandemic, how can we creatively and humbly reimagine what the Placentia Presbyterian Church might be with a new pot, new soil, trimmed branches, new sprigs incorporated from other plants, and with our strong foundation of deep roots. Let's look at t- take a look at today's scripture, which is Luke 4, 16 through 19. And by the way, since I... Um, since the, the scripture was originally posted in our newsletter, I've since changed it. So um, just to clear up any confusion. Um, and I'd like you to please feel free to follow along in your own Bibles and uh, read along with me, or you can just listen as I read. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then Jesus goes on to proclaim that the scripture has been fulfilled through him. This statement that Jesus makes in the synagogue is his declaration of his mission, to bring good news to the poor, release to the captives, sight to the blind, and to set the oppressed free. Stephanie Buchanan Crowder, the academic dean of Chicago Theological Seminary, writes that Jesus comes to bring spiritual release and political, physical, and social refuge to those on the margins. When we read these words of Jesus, we must do so with the understanding that he is inviting us to follow him in doing these same things. Amos Young, the dean of Fuller Theological Seminary's School of Intercultural Studies, writes along these same lines that the good news of Jesus Christ empowers the poor, liberates the oppressed, and extends shalom, or peace and justice, across the earth. What, then, does this mean for PPC as we begin to emerge out of the isolation of the pandemic and into the world that has been completely transformed. How are we to be the church? We can't just move forward and get back to normal because the the world is not back to normal. What is normal anyway? We, We need to consider the ways in which our world has changed because there is so much for us to learn, so many lessons for us to take from this past year. 
A couple of weeks ago, when Pastor Jeff Nelson was here worshiping with us on Easter morning, he reminded us that the end of one thing is the birth of another. And he asked us, what will the new be for us after the pandemic? He then asked us if we are open to that new. Many of us describe the Placentia Presbyterian Church by saying that mission and serving others is built into our DNA. I definitely agree with that. During my entire lifetime of being a part of this congregation, I have witnessed the ways in which you all have poured your heart, hearts into loving and serving those in our community and beyond. A few of these examples which come to mind are his house, homeless shelter, the weekly soup kitchen, welcoming Camino Immigration Legal Services onto our campus and partnering with the local nonprofit organization, Solidarity. And as the pandemic hit last year and completely disrupted life as we knew it, this church immediately rose to action in response. You saw the need for face masks, so a mask ministry was formed, and several of you dropped everything and sewed masks for those in need. And when so many of our neighbors in the Garnett neighborhood began to experience food insecurity as a result of lost jobs and lack of access to government stimulus checks, you provided boxes of food for families through our Solidarity PPC food distribution ministry. In fact, you continue to do that to this day. And when the members of our congregation experienced loneliness due to the isolation brought on by our need to shelter in place to protect our neighbors, you lined up your cars and you drove to visit some of our most isolated friends at PPC. You have loved our neighbors so well during this pandemic. So back to Reverend Nelson's question, what will the new be for us after the pandemic? How have our experiences over the past year informed the way in which we reimagine what it means to be the church? How can we creatively use our resources, including our campus, to partner with our community and to work together as we follow Jesus, the one who loves, in radical and unexpected ways. And next, I must ask this. What does it mean for the Placentia Presbyterian Church as we emerge from this pandemic into a society where racial injustice has exploded and where black and brown people continue to be killed by the police at disproportionate rates. What does it mean for PPC when we hear the desperate cries of so many that black lives matter? Let me take just a very quick moment to address that actually, to address Black Lives Matter. Yes, Black Lives Matter is an organization that began in 2013 in response to the acquittal of George Zimmerman, the murderer of Trayvon Martin, but friends, we can't get distracted by whatever our thoughts are on the organization of Black Lives Matter because the truth is black lives mattered before the organization even existed. We just never talked about it because most of us didn't have to. It wasn't a part of the personal experiences of so many of us, although it has been going on around us the entire time. 
we were still able to continue on in our church activities and ministries because it didn't personally involve most of us. But now that it has been exposed through social media, we have to talk about it. To not talk about it would be akin to not talking about the pandemic. How strange would that be? How can we remain silent as a church when it's everywhere and it affects everyone just as the pandemic has? So as the church, what is our response? Let's take a look at the parable of the Good Samaritan, for example. The man who was beaten down and left to die on the road, his life mattered. But when we read this scripture, we don't reply, but what about the Samaritan? His life mattered too. We don't say that because of course his life mattered. The Samaritan is not the one who is suffering on the side of the road. The dying man on the road is the one who is suffering. Friends, Black Lives Mattered before the creation of the hashtag or the organization. Len is my husband, as most of you probably know. He's one of our worship leaders who just stood over there just a moment ago singing and sharing the time of confession and absolution with us. And in case you haven't noticed, he is black. My mother-in-law's life mattered before this organization. My father-in-law's life mattered before this organization. My sisters-in-law, my brothers-in-law, my nieces and my nephews, their lives mattered before the organization. The lives of our own three children mattered even before the organization. Do the lives of my own parents and my siblings and my nieces matter too? Of course they do, because it would be ridiculous to suggest anything otherwise. But my parents, and my siblings and my nieces aren't living in fear of being killed by the police because of the color of their skin. So when we hear voices crying out that black lives matter, we must try to look beyond any distractions that the hashtag or the organization may pose, and we must listen to the voices and stories of those who are directly affected those who are tired of being killed because of the color of their skin. And finally, as we move forward as the church into this completely changed world, may we recognize our connectedness with one another. Despite being physically separated from each other during the pandemic, our connectedness became quite clear. Our behavior has an impact on the well-being of others. We wear masks, we maintain physical distance, and we get vac vaccinated in an effort to keep those around us safe. And here at PPC, we have kept worship services online, and up until last week, we have kept all of our small groups virtual out of care and compassion for the most vulnerable, despite our strong desire to be with one another in person. Some of you may be familiar with the African word Ubuntu. It is a Zulu word with a significance that is universal. Akintunde, Akinade, and Clifton Clark write that Ubuntu captures the spirit of the philosophical foundation of African societies as a collective whole. It is a unifying vision that a person is a person through other persons. Archbishop Desmond Tutu explains Ubuntu as 
meaning I am because we are. Ubuntu asks that we learn to recognize how our humanity is intertwined with the humanity of our neighbors, how each of us have been created in the image of God, how we belong to each other. The church, PPC, can't be silent in the face of the suffering of our neighbors. In this new world, we have the opportunity to rise up and stand against any injustice which is causing harm to other image bearers. Eli Wiesel, the Romanian scholar, activist, and Holocaust survivor, reminds us with his timeless words that we must never be bystanders to injustice or indifferent to suffering. We must always respond to evil, hate, cruelty, and injustice with love, empathy, and compassion. Friends, as we begin to take steps out of the isolation of this pandemic, my prayer is that the Placentia Presbyterian Church community is able to enter into this new world with fresh soil, a new pot, with plenty of space for reimagining how we might be able to love our neighbors, and with the solid roots of a church who has always had a heart for generosity and serving others through the love of Jesus. May we open our eyes and see the world around us, and an eagerness to listen to the stories of our neighbors, and to share our own stories as well. And may we do all of this with humility, patience, compassion, and with the understanding that all have been created with, with dignity in the loving image of God. Let us take seriously what it means to follow Jesus who declared these words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In doing so, may we all become free through the liberating love of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Loving God of justice and restoration, Please be near us as we move forward as a church into a world that has been transformed by a global pandemic and racial injustice. Please give us ears to hear the stories of our neighbors, eyes to see their experiences that may be so much different from our own, and hearts to love in creative ways. Help us to recognize that we are connected to one another through your love. Amen.